If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallMAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallMAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, And this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, guys. Hi, Tane. How are you? Hi, Aid. Doing good. How are you? I'm all right. (laughs) Are you ready to talk about Unmatchables, the newest spinoff from our our friends at Married at First Sight? (laughs) Unfortunately, I am. And I didn't plan to say unfortunately because I feel like lately we've been beating, beating on maths hard. It's their fault, not our fault. We're just being honest. And I didn't want to you know, beat on something else, but they're serving me stuff I can't help but beat on. (laughs) But I'm ready to talk about it. (laughs) The fact is, my expectations, as you once said, they're they're excavated. They're so low. But I actually enjoyed it. I don't know if I... Yeah, I enjoyed the show. And I was even surprised by whatever enjoyment I got out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. To be honest, this may be weird, but I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Like, I'm glad someone enjoys it, even (laughs) if it wasn't me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) because that means, okay, that's good. Because it's, you know, different varieties of spice of life. Like, okay, let me not be too hard on it. It wasn't terrible, but I rolled my eyes a lot. But my favorite part was the lessons learned, if at all, they were learned. Okay, let's just let, let me give it let me give a description uh, for people who are not familiar. Although if you're in the math world, you probably know about this. They have sold this hard, and this has been attached to your DVR after math. So whether you like it or not, <laughs> it's been on there. So the premise of this show is as they tell us every time they start the episode, that over seventy five thousand people have applied to be on Married at First Sight, which in itself is crazy. Aid that's a and lot they- of people. And they meant specifically the most recent Atlanta season, not like over the course of the show, right? They just mean... Shut up. No, they meant the entire... Oh, okay. I didn't mean shut up, shut up. I meant like, shut up. But... <laughs> I know <laughs> but what you meant. Yes, no, yes. the entire... The entire... 
I'm like, 75K, that's it over 12 seasons? That seems extraordinarily low. It's not exactly the easiest thing to do, to go on TV and decide you want to be married at first sight. So I think that makes sense. But who knows? I don't know. There's no average on... What are the average number of people who want to get married on TV without meeting their spouse? Who knows? (laughs) So, anyways. um, So they keep telling us that and then the premise is like all the people that they allegedly screen and go through that don't make it to being married at first sight there are some certain people who have certain behaviors and certain characteristics that make them unmatchable which at first i was like man is this an insult but you know in the realm of married at first sight it's an appropriate word right (laughs) i mean Unmatchable is a bit harsh. It is harsh, but, you know, in the realm of we can't match you to be unmarried at first sight, <laughs> I, I think maybe I'm trying to make it nice. But it's not nice. It's basically saying you're so terrible. It's not that we couldn't find someone to match you. It's that you are so intrinsically bad that we can't even start to try until you fix yourself. <laughs> And it's worse because I'm laughing so hard, guys, because I'm seeing Dr. Viviana tell the people, because there's a scene in the show where they tell them, you are unmatchable. They're like, you're not, what did they say first? You're unmatchable, but we're trying to make you dateable. And I'm just like, this gets worse the more that they talk about it. But yeah, it's funny to me. It's harsh, but it's funny. And I assume... At that moment, the person thought they were going to find out whether or not they were matched to marry. They were matched to marry at first sight. So to be told, not only did we not find a match for you, but you are unmatchable. But we'll shoot (laughs) with you for the next week, doing some stuff, and then you'll go on a date and you'll be on this other TV show that you did not sign up for. So there are two parts to that. I didn't think about that, that, you know, they were, I know they applied for the show, but I didn't want to give the maths producers that much credit to think that that was the moment they were expecting to be told they're not matchable. I feel like these people knew it was like a completely different show, but I don't know. It might be too charitable. I I don't, no, I don't want to give maths that much credit to think that, well, I don't know. We'll see. But um, anyways, so the whole purpose is like they tell them all the things that make them unmatchable and the things that they need to do so that they can become dateable. They go through exercises. They pinpoint the three things. This is Dr. Viviana and Pastor Cal. They're basically in a confessional type situation telling us the three things that they need to work on. And Pastor Cal has a lot of jokes um, on the couch. And then they visit them at their homes and tell them all the things they need to do and then set up, set them up on a blind date with a fellow unmatchable that they've also been working with throughout the week. And then we get like an epilogue type situation where we find out what happens after that date. Is that a fair enough description? Yes, but, but there's holes in this premise. <laughs> okay, the fill them one, in. The number one, okay, first off, that. We watched two episodes so far. The issues they talked about cannot be solved in one week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Number two. Okay, so if both of you were unmatchable, but after a week of working with us, now you can go on a date. So I was, like, confused. I wish that they would have said, oh, well, the reason why we picked them to go on this date is though, even though they have these, like, things apparently wrong with them, 
these are the things that they have in common, which is why we sent them on a date. Like, why did you just send two people who you declared unmatchable on a date with each other with, like, no background? It was, I mean, they, I think they did a better job in the second episode than the first episode. But, yeah, they might have wanted to harp in on that a little bit more. I mean, A, they don't do that for people they match to get married. <laughs> why would they do it for people to go on a blind date on? <laughs> please, please, dear, lower your expectation. <laughs> That's too much work. <laughs> um, so should we go into episode one? Let's do it. Uh, all right. So in episode one, we have two people. We have Ashley, who is 32, and we have Xavius, who is 25. That's another thing masks love. They love that age difference. I don't know if that's a recent... Yeah, it is a recent thing, because earlier people used to be closer in age, but in the last few years, we've been seeing some age difference thing going on. Granted, they're not getting married. But we'll focus on Ashley. Ashley um, has not been in a relationship for 11 years, and her one and only boyfriend was in high school, and she lives with her best friend and does everything with her best friend. In fact, she has lived with her best friend for 11 years. That is a long time. Yeah. But then I was, I was like, who sets the rules? Who says you can't live with someone for 11 years? But it just felt like a long time. Well, especially because they use each other as a crutch. It seemed like more than just being a best friend. And I don't mean like romantically or anything. It just felt like it's a lot where if you're going on a date, you come along too. That's a lot. Yes, it's a lot. But at the same time, I'm like, is the best friend a hindrance to getting dates? Maybe. Because they're enmeshed. They're too yeah. involved or whatever. But at yeah. the same time, if you're single and there's like all these perks and benefits that come with having a partner and you use your best friend for those perks and benefits. Yeah, I thought that was a little judgy, you know? <laughs> I did not get it was dry. I was just like, what are you doing? Separate from your friend. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, separate you from your friend. You, I definitely see that. But I also don't like the idea of criticizing someone for having a best friend who does everything with them, who is their plus one. Because if you're a, if you're a long-term singler, like what else are you supposed to do? Show up to places by yourself? Um, that's a good question because now that I'm thinking about it, like in this case, her best friend is a girl. When I was younger, I had a best friend that was a guy and we just did everything together. And somebody actually called me out and was like, listen, if you're planning to find a life partner, you might, you know, want to separate a bit because no one's going to want to <laughs> come approach you. I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's a difference because it's a guy, but I'm mm -hmm. guessing it's the same sense with men and I, I digress for anyone who watches ready to love it's another dating show another reality show someone who got sent home today got sent home because she met a friend through the show and they were just together they call themselves freaking frack and the guys were just like it just seems to be all about that friend and that's not why i'm here and they sent her home because the truth of the matter is there are things that shouldn't be a big deal but unfortunately we live in a world that has certain rules whether spoken or unspoken and it just might be a thing when it comes to dating like you see someone that's just all the time for some reason it's a hindrance so back to you <laughs> <laughs> yes so you had this best friend you guys yes. went everywhere together someone was like which i understand because people are like are you dating or are you not dating because yes. no matter how many times you say no we're not dating people yes. believe you're dating yes 
I assume at some point you guys were living in different cities or like that friendship ended in the form that it was in. Yes, it did. Once you were no longer freaking fracking, did you magically then meet someone? <laughs> did it improve your dating life at all? I I think so. Because the problem is not necessarily the hindrance of people. It's that the people coming into my life don't want to be entangled and have to deal with the fact like I have to understand whatever is going on with this. Because I also know real life situations where I know a friend who was dating someone who had a best friend that was just all around and they weren't necessarily fans of that either. So I think it's not necessarily, it's just more them dealing with the fact that this person is so immersed in your life. Like, I don't want to come here and then start figuring it out because to be fair, that person has been in your life. So how am I going to come in and start trying to find my place there? I, for one, have never had a friend like that. (laughs) Um, Um, Like, I have a best friend, but I've never had a best friend who I lived in the same city as. So I don't know what it's like to just have your plus one person who you do everything Everything, with. Yeah. And live with. Good God. Yeah, I think it's just a complicated situation of finding out where you fit with this and just thinking, okay, this is so weird. But anyways, Dr. Viviana is assessing her situation and Ashley tells us that she finds kissing yucky. I don't think she said yucky, but that was what I heard. Because she hasn't done it in a while. And it was just with her boyfriend. And she's also has ne- hasn't had sex in the 11 years. Which is fine. I did think not kissing anyone for 11 years was like... that. That's a long time not to. Like, I, I, I don't think... She said that now. She's trying to um, save it for a special person. Which is, you know, her choice. That's fine. So I don't know if it's different when it's kissing or not, but I just thought that, you know, you can kiss anybody. I mean, when I was single, I just used to kiss random people. So it doesn't mean anything to me. So maybe it means something to people, but I just felt like, you know, to keep the muscle going and to practice, but it's a thing for her. And Dr. Viviana said that she thinks that she's sexually inhibited and that's why she's squeamish at the thought of kissing. Basically saying that she doesn't think that she doesn't like kissing. It's just that because she's repressed, So she thinks that, you know, it's gross. So they go down to the three things that is wrong with her. This just sounds odd to see something is wrong with someone. That's what this show said, though. This is what's wrong (laughs) with you. (laughs) I haven't mentioned this, but the first thing is she's a frequent farter. That was wrong because because I was like, looky here. Neither one of you is a medical doctor. If someone has a farting problem, they need to go to their, their doctor. Not to talk to your dumbasses. <laughs> but even if, honestly, at some point, I didn't even think that was real because Ashley is very open about her farting. She's just like, I don't think you should keep it in. We have so many clips of her farting, even in the grocery store, which is disgusting. Given that we're in a COVID situation, like, let's not do anything germy or gross right now with food. And then, you know, you can hear it. And she even tells us, like, the rate at which she farts. Like, it comes out like a slow release. And I'm like, this is... How is a grown woman at 32 just like, yeah, this is... Okay. There's nothing wrong with farting. But, I mean, there's there's a place and a time to do that. There's a time and a place. And seriously, I'm like, so do you fart a lot? Or do you just announce every fart? Like... (laughs) <laughs> and at the end of the day, there's no way that a grown woman should, we should be having this conversation about her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Her second 
thing is that she has a codependent roommate. And the last thing is that she is sexually inhibited. Um, they're at home and with her best friends. And they even have matching dogs. Nah, a this was... Uh, <laughs> this is a lot. I mean, maybe there's nothing wrong with it, but it was just strange to me. So um, I think what I was curious about while they were going through all of this was, what about Nikisha's romantic life? I wondered if it affected hers. That's not the premise of the show, but you are correct. It probably <laughs> does too. But for today, we're talking about Ashley. <laughs> okay. So, oh, so the expert asks her that has she given much thought, like if she meets someone, what is her life going to be like with her best friend? And she's like, yeah, I haven't really given much thought about the friend dynamic or whatever. And it made me think of our dear friend, Virginia, because I think it's the same situation where it's like, (laughs) I'm going to get married and, uh, you know, everything will fall into place. So Pastor Cal tells her, like, waiting is cool as long as you both have a hard time waiting. And that's so true because if it's so easy for you to be with someone that you're attracted to or not, then there's a problem right there. So I thought that was interesting. At this point, I was wondering what city they were shooting at. And then I found out later that it's Atlanta. And I just wondered if it was an addendum to the current season and if future seasons are going to be based wherever, like next season of Unmatchables, if they do it, is going to be in Houston. What do you think? Well, yes, because the entire premise of the show is that they were rejected from casting of Married at First Sight. That makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. Plus, I think what's happening is during the eight weeks that they're shooting regular Married at First Sight, they're also, the experts are shooting this, and it's like a twofer for production. Oh, that's so nice. The actual married couples can't get an expert, but (laughs) the unmatchables do, because they spend a lot of time with them. And they, they go sure places do. with them. So, okay. So Dr. Viviana takes Ashley to a sex shop. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm calling it a sex shop. She called it an intimacy shop. It was a and... sex shop. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I was glad for Ashley because Ashley just let us know that, you know, she gets herself off. So she's not completely all cut off. So the look she eventually, she Dr. Viviana asked her to get like something sexy and the look she came out with, it looks like the apron they put on you at the salon, like it wasn't even <laughs> anything close to. I think what was also confusing is that Ashley was generally well dressed throughout the show. So why did she pick that outfit at the sex shop? Well, it goes back to what Dr. Viviana said. She's just sexually repressed. So anything in that area, she's just, eh, I don't know what I'm doing. So. Another thing is that I wasn't actually sure that she hadn't kissed anyone in 11 years. She hadn't had sex with anyone in 11 years. She hadn't kissed someone in a while. Like, it had been multiple years since her last kiss. But I don't think she'd gone 11 years without kissing. You think she's lying? No. I I think she said that she had not kissed someone in a while. But had not. she didn't say it was since my last relationship. Oh, she said 11 years because I wrote it down and said, dang. Oh, <laughs> Because she asked her and she was like, Dr. Vivian, there's nothing going on in the last 11 years. So, oh, okay. So All that's right. why, because that stood out to me. That's why I was like, oh, like, you know, that's different. But anyways, the highlight of the whole show is that Dr. Viviana has a gift for Ashley and she brings it out and it is the freakiest thing I've ever seen. And I don't mean freaky, like sex wise, it's the scariest thing ever. It's a rubber mouth mold that she brought for her 
to practice her kissing. And all I could think of, Aid, was a fleshlight. Because... It was very similar to a fleshlight. And the other thing is that that looked like a woman's mouth. That did not look like a man's mouth. And then, as if things were weird enough, they are still in the store. She tells her to go ahead and kiss her. I don't know what Ashley did, but production definitely added extra smacking noises, right? Yes, yes. Because I'm like, what is happening? I would be weird too. I feel like I know how to kiss, but you give me that rubber thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what that thing is. So, and then Dr. Viviana goes one step further and is like, do you want to use tongue? Uh, Good for Ashley. She's like, no. She's like, no. I'm not going to do that. Um. So yeah, um, we'll let I'll let you tell them about Xavius before we talk about their date. Well, before they go on their real date, Ashley is sent on like what she thought was the real date, but then Nikisha, her best friend, comes, and and then Pastor Cal is like, "No, you can't do that," and they do this whole exercise where they bring a fake guy out to be her fake date. And he basically tells the two of them, like, oh, this is not cool. I did not understand where they found the fake date. He was cute, though. He was cute. But where did they find him? What was his role? It's Atlanta. You just got to (laughs) act. He gives it to him straight, though. Him and Pastor Cal together basically say, you you guys need to stop this. (laughs) And they nod and smile and say, okay, we won't do that anymore. (laughs) So then we meet Xavius, the 25-year-old funeral apprentice. He's obsessed with smells and how people smell. And apparently he just goes up to strangers and tells them that he thinks they smell nice or what scent is that or what. It's yeah. an interesting one. He, he should probably, you know, there are careers that are based on like you really being able to identify scents and he should yeah. really get into that. Side note. He also is, I think he's just picky about personal appearance. He's like, I'm looking at hands, I'm looking at feet. If you don't smell nice, we can't ride in the same car. He also says he's not a fan of voluptuous women. Actually, voluptuous women is like code word for I don't, I don't, I like skinny women. Yeah. Ashley is not going to fit into that. So much like the real show, it appears they're setting up people for failure before they even start. Just because yeah. Xavius is un- unmatchable doesn't mean the man doesn't know what he's attracted to. Yeah, preferences. <sighs> so he gets a first visit from Dr. Viviana. They talk where she tells him, like, no, we're not going to match you because you're terrible. So his three, uh, Xavier's three issues was that he's controlled by routine, he judges on physical features, and he's more comfortable around dead people. Which the more comfortable around dead people, they like that's just made up. <laughs> he appears <laughs> to have friends. <laughs> he <laughs> appears to have friends. I mean, yes, he has some weird social things, but I don't even trust them this way. I'm sure they overplayed it. So anyway, yeah. to fix him, because he's such you know, because he's a problem, apparently, Pastor Cal shows up to mess with his routine. So he comes early and Xavius doesn't get to wear what he wants to wear, and he takes him to a barber shop. And Pastor Cal says that he's going to pick the hairstyle. And then at the last minute, he's like, no, it's okay. You can pick your own hairstyle. And so then they have a conversation about how he needs to, you know, let go of the control of the routine, blah, blah, blah. Then he goes and has a massage. 
But he's blindfolded during the massage, and he has a nice conversation with the masseuse. And then they make him take off the blindfold for a very awkward moment so he can see that she's fat. <laughs> I was Listen. like, why is this poor woman part of this terrible, like, experiment? What? what? Uh, his face when she came out, man. I just... I, first, I think I see two problems here. First off, he's allowed to not be attracted to voluptuous women. Yeah. Secondly, why does some woman then have to be, like, part of this... To make to feel bad. Like, I don't like yeah. using people as lessons for other people. Yeah. Why didn't they get someone who... Okay, I guess you can't do that. I was going to say, why didn't they get someone who smells bad? Or who doesn't <laughs> smell? <laughs> but I guess you can't do that. And then he said something offensive, though. Because he's like, oh, but the conversation made up for everything. I'm like, wow. Okay. It was, yeah. It wasn't a good moment. Then these two jokers, Ashley... And Zave go on the date. The real date this time. Xavius is anal about time. So we see him there at the date that I guess was supposed to start at 6 o'clock. At 6.02, he's looking at his watch, talking about why she's late. She's in the car on the way there. She gets there, they tell us at 6.06. So he meets her, and he starts with, nice to meet you, and you're late. <laughs> then they start talking getting to know each other, and then they have a sound effect fart. I called it a sound effect fart because there was a sound effect, but, I mean, we didn't hear the fart. But then they talk about the fart, and they laugh about it. Then her I, phone... I just couldn't believe that she farted for real. I just... I, I refused <laughs> to come... Nah. Then her phone starts going off, and I think we're supposed to assume that it's Nikisha... Checking in on her because they're enmeshed. And then they just sit there at the bar and they have a nice conversation. And then they go to the dance floor. And honestly, they seem to be having a very good time. They did. They did. She, they had chemistry. It was just really nice. But good on her for not picking up the phone when Nikisha called, actually. <laughs> I think she passed her first test. <laughs> um, And then... Uh, they're on the dance floor. They kiss. And I think all of us, I mean, I was very celebratory. Yes, I think it was. I think Xavius was very smooth about it. It was just like right timing. It wasn't awkward. It was good. So, yeah, I was happy for both of them, actually. And then they go outside and they talk about what a great time they had. And then they talk about whether to kiss again. And then they do it. And on the little placard, they tell us that these two went on a second date. No further updates, though. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. They're going to make a show about it, Aid. In like three months, there'll be like the follow-up to the follow-up of the Unmatchables. So, but yeah, it was a good, well, good <laughs> first episode in that, again, I mentioned at the top of the of this episode that what I liked were the lessons and they seem receptive to it, which is good. Um, so I like that, you know, even though it was just a weird way to show him the lesson, he was like, you know, I don't need to judge people so harshly. I don't need to depend so much on my routines. And then she's just like, you know, I might need to step back a little from my friend and just, you know, be free and be open and see what's out there. So I, that's my favorite part of the show. Their issues were pretty 
surface. Hmm. I mean, the celibacy is probably the deepest issue that any of them had. So it felt like okay for supposed, you know, pastoral counselor and a sex therapist to try to solve these in one week's time. Agree or disagree? Um, I'm 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 thinking it over. I don't necessarily think it was surface because there's symptoms of things that are deeper, I guess, for me. Because even Xavier is trying to control everything. That's a whole other thing. Like, how can someone be that obsessed with smells and routine and, oh, my God, I need to lay out my clothes for 30 minutes? Like, life happens. What happens when you have kids? Who has time for that? (laughs) So, yeah, I don't necessarily think it was surface. But at the same time, I do think this show suffers from everything under the maths world where it's overproduced. And you can tell, like, a lot of things are put together and not quite real, but you just have to go with it and make a choice to enjoy it or not. I think what I liked, at least for that one episode, is I left it with positive feelings (laughs) about both the people and their date. I didn't think, oh, they're going to get married tomorrow, but I just felt like they both kind of broke out of their, their bubbles of life that maybe they had. And I think they had a good experience. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, unlike, uh, well, we shouldn't compare it to the main show, but and it'll be interesting to see if that maintains through the rest of the season is that so far, the first two episodes that we watched, the people are receptive. They're willing to take the criticism and, you know, try to do better. So like you said, I think that's positive. That's a nice thing for once to see. So let's move on to episode two. I don't even know where to start with with Megan, who who is the female half of this. <laughs> She's athletic, and she wants someone at her level or better because she's just super competitive. I'm like Haley. Um, <laughs> her three things are her immaturity about food choices and the way she talks is what Dr. Viviana said. She's super competitive. And she has a fear of rejection because of a past relationship. Listening to what was supposedly a grown woman talk about food was quite disturbing. (laughs) So she's showing Dr. Viviana around her apartment. And she opens up a cabinet and she's like, look at all my noodles. But she doesn't say noodles. She says nudes. Look at all my nudes. (laughs) Because this is like a very funny, very mature joke that none of us have ever heard before. And then she opens up her freezer and she's like, chicken nugs, nugs for days. I mean, is nuggets such a hard word that you can't get it out? She's like, I ordered chicken nuggets at restaurants. She doesn't like to eat like a grown up. But it's not just like, oh, like, I wish, I hope you guys actually watch because I could not, you have to wonder, are you playing this up for like, like, do you go about your daily life talking like that? Because how do you even have a job? Like, she, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's not like she talks like a five-year-old. It's like she talks like a 26-year-old trapped in a five-year-old. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Well, she also has that thing, eh? The frenetic energy. She was just, like, all over the place. (laughs) Yes, that she had that going, too. And then (laughs) she had a onesie. And, like, this is the other thing. With this show, you... Listening to her describe the food in her pantry and her freezer was enough for me to buy that this is an 
immature person. But then they try to get her for the onesie. And I'm like, Ben, I had a onesie. So <laughs> why, why, why the onesie? Anyway, her other thing, a fear of rejection, is that she was in a relationship eight years ago. And she didn't want to, like, get really serious. But he did. So then he started seeing other people. So they have the moment where they tell them that they're unmatchable. And she honestly looks like she's about to cry. Yeah. She did. Because you have to... Uh, the other thing is, like, she kept saying she wants to be married. Like, a lot. Like, she really... She has a timeline for herself. She wants to have kids by 35. So, yeah. And this is where I was like, oh, this is where they think that they're going to be told that they're going to be matched to get married. And they get told, mm-hmm. you're a terrible person and we're going to send you on a date. <laughs> And so her exercises to, like, figure out her business or whatever, Pastor Cow takes her to, like, a cooking class where she cooks fish. It's not even a class. They just appear to be in a commercial kitchen, in a grocery store, cooking. But they make something. She eats it. She says it's good. Okay, good for her. <laughs> to get I over just, her... I just want to note that they ate the official MAFS meal of salmon. <laughs> <laughs> To get over her fear of reject, like a lot of the issues with her ex is that apparently he moved on before she did. So I get the feeling that he's like probably married or married with kids at at this point. She's keeping track of him on social media. And (laughs) she says, she says it's so like, she's so competitive that the idea that he got to move on before she did just really, really bothers her and makes her feel like she lost. But she's the one who said, but I wasn't ready for a serious relationship. So it's just like, this is very immature. Um, It's a a jumble of emotions because I bet you she doesn't even want him. It's just the fact that he moved on before her. Like, how dare you? (laughs) So that's, I think that's why she probably wanted to get married at first sight. Because she's like, we're in a competition and I'm losing and I need to catch up ground. I need to get married. I need to have a baby so that I can be ahead of him if he hasn't already had a baby. Maybe I can have twins, triplets, anything to be ahead. So the solution to this very deep issue is Dr. Viviana takes her to a car junkyard so that she can take out her resentment towards her ex on a car. And I'm like... (laughs) The way you yourself describe this story, like, did he do anything wrong like did he cheat or did he just say like i'm going to find something more anyway i I don't know what beating a car has to do with anything so yeah that's megan tame tell us about caleb well caleb is 26 and caleb is a good-looking guy and as he tells us he's been a good-looking guy his whole life his sister tells us that he has no problem you know getting girls he never has to talk to girls they just come to him We find out that his type is the cheerleader type and it's usually over after they have sex. His friends, he keeps telling us that he just wants to get married. He just wants to settle down. And his friends is like, yeah, he just wants to get laid, but he does want to get married. I'm like, okay, guys, get your stories together. So his three things are he's extremely conceited. He relies on his good looks and he avoids intimacy. So when Pastor Kyle uh, walks into his house, his friends are there. They're just chilling, having a beer. And Pastor Kyle seems doubtful that he's ready (laughs) to get married. And his friend, again, says he's ready, but he'll always go chasing for tail. I'm like, "Uh, again, how is that ready? How did they find him? (laughs) 
He's not ready to get married. I don't believe he went on a thing and said, I'm ready to get married. I think they recruited him for the sole purpose of putting him on this show, not on Married at First Sight. Anyway. You think so? <laughs> but um, Pascal is saying, like, they found someone for him to test out things. He keeps calling a girl's name. I mean, it's a joke, and it's not. It's a blow-up doll. And his friends joke, like, oh, they look like the girls that he actually, you know, um, goes out with. Um, they tell him, they bring him back around after, you know, he spent some time with the blow-up doll, and they ask him what lesson did he learn, and he's like, yeah, that he feels like he needs to go out with people that have more substance that he doesn't have, that he goes with people who don't have anything to offer. And Dr. Viviana just throws it in his face and is like, um, in fact, you are the blow-up doll. I wasn't expecting that. Were you excited? <laughs> because I, I was not expecting that, but... His face, he looked devastated. He was like, um, in the confessional, he was like, oh, I didn't expect that, but okay. I, 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 can, I can receive that. But um, he decides, they decide to give him an exercise where they make him, quote unquote, ugly. I think he said something like, good luck with that, trying to make me look ugly. So they give him a makeup artist who get, gives him fake cystic acne. But it was very... Um, prominent on his face it was all over his face and his neck and it was red and all that stuff so dr viviana takes him out dresses him up like you know differently in you know clothes that he ordinarily wouldn't wear his shirt was much bigger and then she takes him out to a public space and tells him that he has to go talk to someone so he walks up to a girl i think it was a grocery store is that correct no it was this bakery that i have been to oh, in sorry. atlanta and they shot an episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta at the same bakery, but I cannot remember what it's called. Everything's pink there. That's probably why I like it. <laughs> okay. So he goes up to her and tries to make conversation. This girl is not having it. Again, we don't know if this is a paid person. Of the, oh, if this oh, police. <laughs> I no more believe that that is a random girl on the street than, I don't know. I, I don't know what else I believe less, to be honest. <laughs> But that I, was a production assistant. Once, like you said, there's plenty of actors and actresses in Atlanta looking for something to do. That's what that one was. <laughs> but I don't think. I, well, I thought she was a little rude, actually, because at some point she he was asked her to be rude. Well, again, I don't know why they would give the direction to be okay. Maybe to break his confidence or something. But she asked him. She he asked her if. They could go out for coffee. And I was just laughing at her response. She's like, no, thank you. I don't drink coffee. It's not healthy. No, nobody asked you all of that. Just say no and keep it moving. <laughs> so um, he goes out to talk to somebody else. Dr. Viviana tells him to go talk to a girl that's sitting there. It's a cute black girl. And the conversation, this I could tell, like, this was a paid person. I mean, obviously. And then they have a conversation. At first it was a dud in the beginning. It was like awkward silence. He didn't know what to say because he's not used to making conversation. They have a nice conversation and then he quote unquote passes the test and then he's ready for his date with Megan. I hate to judge, but uh, I feel like, how do I say this? He is not a guy who dates black girls. I don't know why they put it with a black girl at that bakery. And the other thing is that, like, there's a lot of made of, like, how attractive he is. He's not unattractive, but 
he's just attractive in a very generic way. I don't know. I feel like I could meet him and not remember him five minutes later. Like, he's not that cute. He's what they quote-unquote call all-American. Yeah, but he's so, not that cute. <laughs> which, to your point, is generic. It's just a blonde, white boy, tall, jock. That's it. So, you're right. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they purposely used a black girl. Because I do agree. I don't think he's the kind that would date a black girl. Because, I mean, he said his type earlier. And, and they was, showed us lots of pictures, by the way. Pictures. Lots and lots of pictures. Yeah. And, of course, they said he looked like the blow-up doll. And they did it for him to know, like, there's substance. You just have to stop looking in the same places. If you just open your mind, give things a chance, you just might find something else. At least that was my thought. But, again, I might be giving them too much credit um, in that sense. But I think it was also pretty smart of him or pretty cool when she said she was an esthetician. And he's like, oh, I'm going to need a facial soon because, you know, the acne on there. And I was like, okay, he's not that dumb. So, Well, they tried to make him out like he was dumb and couldn't hold a conversation. So anyways, <laughs> he goes out on his date with Megan and they are at Top Golf. Okay. Again, how do I say this? Everyone should do what they're comfortable with. But I swear to God, I had no idea Megan was going out on a date. She came out <laughs> like she was going to the grocery store to go pick up some nugs. <laughs> when she, I was like, uh, in fact, she was matching with him. Let, let me just lay out that scene if you haven't watched it. They had the same color t-shirt, jeans, and she had like a camo jacket on. But I don't even think she put on makeup. I mean, again, be true to yourself, but it didn't seem like she put any effort into the day. Yes. So so they go in. I mean, Caleb makes a comment about it, but in the best way possible, he's like, okay, she looks, I'm used to people, you know, dressing up more, but, you know, she seems cool. And then they talk. It was a little awkward at first, but then they go in and they talk about golf, and then she's trying to hold her competitive side in. And they order food, and she's <laughs> she really wants nugs. <laughs> But she didn't order that. <laughs> and they make conversation and they, they make a bet. Caleb is like, if I get it, you have to kiss me. She didn't think he was going to, he was going to get it because the first few, maybe he was faking, who knows, but he wasn't doing really well. And she was all like, I mean, come on. If you remember, um, A told us earlier that she prefers guys to be as competitive or better than her. So he does make it. He doesn't get the first one. He does make it. And then they have to kiss. And I don't know if you noticed, but it seemed like she recoiled. I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. But she <laughs> maybe she was shy. In. I don't know. <laughs> and I want everybody to know that when they sat down to eat their food and the food came, this supposedly grown woman says, boner appetite. <laughs> But anyways, the date ends and they seem to have a good, there was no kiss like, you know, our previous couples and the notes tell us that they did go for a second date, but Caleb took her to a strip club and they've never seen each other since then. And, you know, Caleb comes off like a real asshole. Um, he does? 
you think that you what do you think no i didn't think so i feel like he comes off like an asshole like i just how much can you listen to someone talk about how attractive they are and how they like to bone girls and not call them it's not a great look <laughs> and then i never believed a single word he said about wanting to be serious with someone or wanting to get married he wants to like do college football game day drink with it which is fine i feel like he's in the era of life where you just do that but yeah I was just like, you are, you don't want a relationship. I don't believe you. And then let's just say that you improved himself or whatever. When you took that date to a strip club, I'm like, oh, so you are living up to the stereotype you were trying to portray. Yeah, that's true. So I guess for me, there's something you said earlier that I think a lot of for this show, when you said that. Caleb was not going to be matched, but they saw him as a perfect candidate for this show. That's my fear that they're making all the spinoffs and all these things that um, the producing, not that the producing for maps was ever top notch, but I feel like the producing for maps is going to go down a level because the focus is just not for maps anymore. It's not organic anymore. So there's going to be a focus of, oh, okay, he can't make maps, but how can we spin this into this? Who's going to look good with couples cam? Who's going to, like, I'm scared that the more they do the spin-offs, the more the focus is going to be shifted and spread thin across all the other shows that are coming out of maps. Um, I think that's a legitimate worry, but I said it before. They have a horrible track record with spin-offs. I feel like they've tried at least five, and the only successful one is Couples Cam. And part of the reason is because the production cost of Couples Cam is so low because the couples shoot it themselves. Yeah. So I don't. So the ratings could be, you know, much lower than maybe something else. <laughs> For something like this, it's gonna need to sustain itself. And while I sort of enjoyed the premise and laughed, and I, I also think the experts come off really good in this show. Like. You start to remember that the experts are actually like good TV personalities in their own way. Yeah. And they're yeah. pretty funny people. So it's like enjoyable to watch them in this context. Honestly, more enjoyable in this context than on actual maps in some cases. Because it's less <laughs> heavy. It's like lighter. It feels yeah. less like marriage. So yeah. it kind of has that going for it. But let's see if they can try to get a, finally a successful produced with real crew spinoff for Married at First Sight. And as much as I enjoyed this, I don't think this is it. <laughs> I don't think yeah. this is it. I don't, I, I don't think this is it. I don't know if I'll ever watch this again, but the silver lining is I will watch this before I watch Unfiltered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and plus there's the other thing of, and I'm trying to think of any reality TVs that shows that I watch where the people change every week. Because part of what sustains your interest is coming back for, like, favorite people. So this kind yeah. of episodic, like, you can watch it, but you don't have to watch what came before or what came after. Yeah. I don't know if I enjoyed it that much. Yeah, I think it's good. It's a filler show. But it's a good, like, background. You're cleaning your house or you need something to just pass time. It's good there. And then there's, there's moments that make you laugh. And like you said, it's not, there's no heavy, there's no heaviness to it. Except, you know, when they tried to play up, you know, like when Megan was saying, my ex moved on, he made me look like a loser. That is the most depth you're getting from this. Everything else is pretty humorous, I think. And to solve that issue, she does not need to beat on a car. That is something I did not like about the show. 
don't reveal something pretty deep. And I'm like, you know, you should probably have a weekly session with a good therapist to work through that for at least for a little while. And instead, Dr. Viviana has you out here beating on a car. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> Get the aggression out. <laughs> work out the nugs and the nudes. But <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, good effort in them. I still say my favorite spinoffs is probably like the the dating the honeymoon resort that one all the pregnancy ones with the couples that you know we've built a relationship with those are usually my favorite but we'll see how this goes because again it's just times are changing man and i think again pressure from 90 day fiance i just feel like they're copying that algorithm like they have 1001 spinoffs and max is like we can do that too so yeah all right so this is a special bonus episode that we're putting out for you guys because we're not we don't have a regular episode so thank you for listening we didn't want you to have to go do without us for a whole week during the season so so you get this (laughs) and for our other bonus episodes you can always check out our patreon at patreon.com slash altar call mafs that's where we put our bonus episodes and you can become a monthly subscriber and get access to all of our bonus episodes. Um, just as a heads up, when the season ends, we will continue to be putting out bonus episodes on Patreon. So you should definitely check it out. And you can find us on Instagram at Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Till next time. Bye, guys. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.